Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and I am very pleased to welcome you all today to Mama's Pearls, the radio show where we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. And that new tagline was um, mentioned and shared with me by one of my Facebook buddies, Lisa Rama Davis. So, Lisa, thank you so much. I think that's such a beautiful way to put what I am trying to achieve here in Mama's Pearls on both the weekly blog and this radio show is to take the common pieces of life that we all share, that we all have um, trepidation about and concerns about and both love and fear about and put it together and um, and just share our thoughts and our love and our fear about it. So thank you, Lisa, so much. I love it. And thank you again to my good friend David Goldberg for our Mama's Pearls theme song. Today it's hot and we're up in I'm up in New York. It's like eighty five degrees, totally not normal for April. Everybody around me is suffering from allergies in one way or another. And um, you know, it, it's one thing when spring springs and it's like the both the best thing and the worst thing because everybody gets affected. We're not used to having all the pollen and the cut grass where the gardeners come back out and it's just a very interesting time of year for me because it's a, a sign of life and the continuing continuation of life and yet we're all stuffed up and and um and 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 stuffy with with that. So as part of clearing the air what I wanted to do today was dive back into focusing on us. Last week we were talking about um, casting a wide safety net for our kids and the pearl of the week was dance between the raindrops. And this is because when we see our kids and being a parent and a mom, you come really to understand your life your like greatest loves and your greatest fear. And one of your greatest fears is fearing for the safety of your child. And it's, I really see it as divided into like two fronts. Basically, you stage their world inside your home, which is a home front, and you prepare them to go out into the world to face their external fronts. And what we do along the way with baby-proofing and child-proofing and um, padding them up as much as possible, there's only so much of a firewall that we can create for our children. They still have to experience life, and they're going to get knocked down, and they're going to take their hits. We all go through the life and get our bruises and scrapes and wounds and how do we prepare them in this process? How do we shape them up to head out to the world, to go into the world and know that they're going to get hit with allergies and be sneezing their way through it? Um, And how do we fortify their inner strength for when they do get those hits? 
So that's what we were really talking about on SafetyNet last week, which you can hear in the archives on Mama's Pearls at Blog Talk Radio and also in the blog at blogspot.com. And um, I was remembering what my grandmother used to say, which is that in this life you need mazel. And mazel means luck. You hear the term mazel tov, and that means good luck. And it's not enough for us to just go walking around with our logical brains and being programmed to learn what we, what it is that we think that we need to know in order to handle this world. It's basically also being able to trust our inner instincts and teach our children to trust their inner instincts when they're out in this world and they're meeting new people and they're facing their day-to-day -day challenges. I think that we get too caught up in our logical mind that we forget what we really feel. Um, the whole thing about not talking to strangers and teaching our children to talk to strangers, I look at it as shifting that a little bit to teaching them to discern which strangers to talk to. I'm sure you're like me and you talk to strangers every single day. I rely on strangers to bring me my, my mail and I rely on strangers when I'm going um, out and for all other kinds of services and, and, and it's part and parcel to my role in networking is to meet new people and to make new connections and to see, to, to feel out whether there's a business opportunity for us to do or, um, or anything like that. So it's not enough to just have a blanket cardinal rule of telling your kids not to talk to strangers. Um, it's basically to help them discern who's the Who's the wolf in sheep's clothing? Even, you know, you hear all these horror stories about even people in uniforms and teachers and pastors and priests and people who are supposed to be authority figures and close to us and watching and caring for our children still do these undermining things towards children. So it's not enough to just say, go up and talk to the policeman, go up and talk to your priest. It's really about teaching your kids how to trust their intuition and their own guides um, and matching that with a balance with their logical mind to keep them safe. And that, to me, is really the only way um, that they will stay safe throughout their lives, and those are skills that they can rely on forever, is if they have a really solid core that they can tap into and trust and build up the trust with themselves and with you. Frankly, you need to trust your children. Um, mine are very, very young. Obviously, I can't trust them to just run out into, into the world and out of my house because they don't quite yet understand if they run into the car run into the street that they can get hit by a car and what that means. So obviously I'm right behind them, but I will always be here for them and open to them, open for them to talk to me about anything that they're facing out in the world which they feel a little bit off and to really discuss about what's safe for them and what's not. So that is what we were casting last week in, in SafetyNet, and um, today you're welcome to join in my conversation. You can, the call-in number is 347-327-9450, and again, you can always email me at mamaspearls at gmail.com, and you can find me on Twitter, which is at Cintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. -E -E now, apart from keeping our children safe, 
This week we're focusing on our marriage. We're bringing it back to us. We basically put the kids down for a little bit. They're taking a little snooze, taking a little nap. And this week is about reminding why we why we got together with our husbands and our spouses in the first place to build a family and to make a life and to um, walk hand in hand with someone. All too frequently we get too caught up with our kids' lives and just the busyness of the world around us that we forget um, to to remember our most sacred relationship, which usually is with our partner or spouse or any real close relationship that you have in your life. And when I think about the topic of being bound in marriage, you know, again, I I can't help but thinking of my my mother's parents who literally survived a war together and they were devoted in life as as much in life as they were in death. They basically, they both passed last year within six months of each other and they were married, I think, for over 60 years. And when you go through something like that, literally surviving a war, there are these certain binds that um, that get fused with your partner and that carry with you throughout their lives. And they were definitely extremely codependent upon one another, and um, you know throughout their lives for sur- pure survival purposes. Now, us today being in, in, in a world, hopefully, that we never see war or conflict within, within our shores, or if you have experienced that, it's still, you know, I feel important that it's most, you're most powerful with your spouse when you can stand apart and, and, um, and fully express who you are as an individual without getting too morphed into, into who your spouse is. So that's why the Pearl of the Week is Individuate and Graduate which is why I'm calling in an expert who is my my business partner and friend and mentor, Dr. Gay Hendricks, who has written a bunch of books in the world of relationships and, trans- and transforming yourself and your relationship along with his really endearing and vivacious wife, um, Dr. Kathleen Hendricks, and Gay and I, we go back now to the start, before the start of the Spiritual Cinema Circle, where um, he was the originator of the idea to have to start this circle because he is, in his spare time, from being a writer and an executive coach and speaking around the world um, and running all sorts of workshops and telecalls and teleconferences and his Hendrick Foundation. In his spare time, he's also a business entrepreneur and um, and also good good friends with with my client and and friend Stephen Simon, who came together and he had and Gay had the original idea for the Spiritual Cinema Circle and brought Stephen in who brought me in and we've basically been been in the in the same circle of trust now for um for I guess it's about six years already. Seven years. We just had our seven year anniversary. So I'm very excited to to welcome everybody here at Mama's Pearls to Dr. Gay Hendrick. So Gay, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm um, happy to be with you. It's great to hear your voice again after uh, all these years. I don't get to talk to you much anymore, and you, and you don't get to hear me yell at you much anymore. Yeah. Don't you miss that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I miss most, let me tell you. <laughs> that's good. Until you've been subjected to that, you really haven't lived your life, you know. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I guess that's true. That's true in a way, unless you, unless you've really been, and that'll be our next thing because that's one of the fears of um, parents with their children is being their kids being subjected to bullying. So maybe I'll call you back for that call too. <laughs> I don't know if I'm qualified to speak on that subject. I, I, I may be one of the perpetrators in that area rather than a victim. We could talk about examples. <laughs> But anyway, but welcome to Mama's Pearls Gay. I'm very excited to to have you and to chat about this topic with you because when you and and Katie are in your glory is really when you're talking talking from this space of peering out into the world and trying to help people uplift um, and strengthen their own lives and their own inner relationships, and that's something that you basically built your reputation and honor, which I, I greatly admire. So I am I am very excited to dive into this topic of basically um shedding shedding the image of the spouse as a ball and chain. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Well one of the things that we have done in our relationship that you know, we, we always say that everything we teach in our books and in our seminars has been both kitchen and bedroom tested um, because right. we only teach things that we've found to be useful ourselves. And we right. made keep, a it, keep it clean here, though, Guy. It, it, it is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, both, both uh, Katie and I were very blessed to come from uh, family backgrounds, which gave us rich opportunities to study the human unconscious. And uh, so we uh, had the opportunity to see a lot of communications patterns that we did not want to repeat. Uh, like, uh, like for example, I, I love my grandparents, and they wor- worshipped me. I was the first boy to pop up in their lives after a whole bunch of girls. And so uh, they jumped upon me like uh, a couple of uh, uh, pouncing uh, pandas ready to uh, hug me, and uh, so. Uh, but they had a real difficult relationship with each other, and I always say they were married for 63 years, but for about 59 and a half of those years, they weren't speaking to each other. And uh, so I had a lot of opportunities to study what worked and what didn't work in communication patterns. And one of the things that I found super important is to have both people in a relationship commit to the same kind of thing. Like, for example, if one person is committed to talking openly and honestly about their feelings and the other person is committed to hiding their feelings, it creates a real rattle in the relationship that could be easily corrected by both people really making a commitment to the same thing. And Katie and I, for example, when we first got together, we'd seen that kind of hiding things inside yourself didn't really work very well. So what we did was we made a commitment to revealing with each other rather than concealing from each other. And it was just a simple commitment like that, but it put us on the same pathway. That way, later on, if one of us found ourselves withholding something or not communicating about something important, we had a place to come home to in that shared co-commitment to being honest with each other. And so um, that's one example of one thing that people really need to do is look carefully about what you're really committed to because when you commit to things in a relationship, it, it can work miracles or it can cause real problems depending on, on what you've made your commitment to. Well, one of the things that, that comes to mind when you say that is being part of when you're running unconscious because many couples will say, well, I married you, 
that's my commitment. We're married. Um, you know, so what else do you want from me in that? Yeah, that's like, uh, you know, buying a car and then saying to the car, okay, this is my commitment. I'm not going to have to put any gas or oil into you. In fact, I want to sh- I want you to show me a lot of performance, and then someday I'll reward you with a nice tank of gas. Uh, <laughs> or, or, you know, no farmer would go out in the garden and say, okay, give me some vegetables, and then maybe if I like what I see, I'll give you some water. Um, and so a lot of us in relationship, you know, I can't count the number of times people have come in for counseling. Uh, and first of all, it's very rare if both people both want to be there. You know, there's usually mm-hmm. one person that wants to be there. And I don't mm-hmm. want to pick on I don't want to pick on men here, but in research uh, studies, go for it. Uh, it, was, <laughs> um, it was always 96 percent of the time it's a woman that calls to make the first appointment for a therapy session. So right. we could extrapolate from that that men haven't learned to experience maybe as well as women have the joys of talking about their feelings. And so a lot of men feel like they're being dragged into it, um, screaming and shouting, you know. But anyway, so the first thing I want to find out is, okay, both of you didn't choose, both of you chose to be here to the extent that you're here in the room, but now I want you to really choose to be here. And that's when the real heated conversation comes out, because sometimes one of them will say, well, hell, I'd rather be out playing golf, you know, or heck, I'd rather be out uh, doing something else. And um, so we need to then home in on what that resistance has been so that both people can really make a choice to be there. Because a lot of times people will say in their first session, well, I'm committed. I'm here, aren't I? You know, and so, um, but being here isn't enough. What's important in commitment is that your heart and soul have to be in the same place as your body. You know, it, you, you can't have your body parked in one place and your heart and soul out someplace else. Just ask Tiger Woods. The universe has very rough feedback for people that lead a double life and, and try to live in two places at the same time. And so what needs to happen is we need to make a heart and soul commitment to really being here in this relationship. And if both people can do that, even if they've been married for 30 years, you know, each, you know, like at least once a year, Katie and I have a conversation with each other where we say, okay, things are going just fantastic, but are you willing to commit to having it go even better? And so, you know, we kind of home in on certain commitments like that that really keep us focused. Well, yeah, and that's that's touching upon limits. But even before we get to the topic of of placing limits on yourself and in a relationship, I think it's what's really hard about what you're saying is that you know you're both saying to one you know one person in the relationship you have to be full mind, body, and soul, you know, heart and soul into this, um, which is enough work at itself to then stand forward straight and then turn to your side and know that your spouse is right there alongside you and done their work to also be standing where you are. That, to me, you know, in and of itself with, you know, just getting yourself to that point is a challenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never want to minimize that because I'll tell you, I myself have had to go to such great lengths to arrange wake-up calls for myself. You know, like I used to be a heavy cigarette smoker way back 
probably before you were born, actually. <laughs> 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 uh, I won't embarrass you by asking when you were born, but I quit smoking. 74. Oh, 70. That's that. Well, I, I have been uh, uh, free from cigarette smoke longer than you have been wow. alive. So anyway, um, <laughs> what I wanted to say, though, was I come from a whole family where, you know, my mother died from it, other family members died from it, and yet you wouldn't – you know, you wouldn't think a person who's seen another person die from smoking cigarettes right. would take up that practice. But there's something about that unconscious pull of those old mm-hmm. patterns in us. And, uh, you know, thank God we wake up from it. But somehow uh, the universe itself or the world has to arrange these wake-up calls by having us kind of hit the wall. You know, and I bet there will come a time when Tiger Woods says, hey, you know, I really am glad that I messed up like I did because I learned a lesson from it. Let's all hope and pray that he goes in that direction because, you know, there's only one reason to arrange a big spectacle of a big crash like that in your life, and that is to give yourself a very important lesson that you need to learn. But, you know, not all of us in life kind of welcome those lessons and say, what can I learn from it? You know, a lot of times you see people kind of stonewall and get even tighter in the face of life's lessons that are trying to be taught to us. Yeah, and one of the the challenges that I see is, you know, trying to prevent the major crash in the wall, but keeping up to pace with it while you're going. So how do you change your brain to be conscious enough in your day-to-day before it gets to the point in your marriage and in your relationship where one's off having an affair? That's really a key thing. I appreciate you asking that, uh, Cynthia, because Mm -hmm. many I've probably had hundreds, if not thousands, of conversations with people where I've been asking them where things started going off track that led to something big later, like an affair or something like that. And the interesting thing is it almost always begins with kind of a little thing that you decide to sweep under the rug. You know, you notice that your partner speaks to you a different way someday, or you notice that there's a tone in his or her voice that wasn't there, but you kind of overlook it instead of stopping and saying, hey, Craig, I heard something in your voice there, and it confused me. Can you tell me more about that? Or, you know, kind of opening up a conversation about that, which can lead to things being cleared up often before they are um, acted out. You know, there was a a moment almost in everybody's relationship where something started to go off track, and if you'd been present with that, you could have done something about it. But, you know, that's what often happens, though, is you develop a kind of a lifestyle of not paying attention to key things just as a way to keep the peace in a relationship, or like in the workplace, too. That's another big place where our relationships play a huge role is in sweeping things under the rug that you notice in the workplace and not discussing them until they uh, come out to a blow-up later on. Well, one of the the balances that I see and um, one of the things that um, a quote that I came across is, from um, that says, don't smother each other, no one can grow in the shade. Now, what I hear with you saying is that you kind of keep a watchful eye on what's happening both with yourself and with your spouse. However, you kind of 
um, teeter the line into when you get into like being the annoying nag of a wife and where you are working as the warden. You know, I was talking in the blog this week about um, how, for example, like my husband Craig wanted to go play golf and he started like telling me like all these justifications for why he wanted to go play golf. And I'm just like looking at him and he was going out with my dad, okay, first of all. And I'm like looking at him like, really? Like you need my permission? You know, I, I don't want to be the ward in the, the punch-in, punch-out clock. And then he goes into saying, well, I can't wear my wedding ring while I'm going out to play golf because, you know, of the swing and the this and the that. And I'm like, and I'm just like, you know, I played it up a little bit. I'm looking at him. I'm like giving him the evil eye. I'm just being silent, which was obviously killing him. And, you know, I, I had a choice there of whether I can go into, like, giving out a whole big hissy fit, which I see plenty of couples doing, um, which I see just stems from a, from a big insecurity, or I could let him go and just say, okay, fine, which I basically did. I just started cracking up laughing and was like, you know, go have fun. Leave your wedding ring here. You want to wear it? You don't want to wear it? You know, go. But that's like a really big opportunity where if I wanted to step into the warden role of um, being the ball and chain where I could have absolutely, you know, it was a welcome invitation to, to go and act that out. Yeah, well, I appreciate you mentioning that because, um, and also my compliments on marrying a guilty husband because you know, uh, a husband which has that strong a conscience. I mean, imagine if Tiger Woods had had that kind of conscience you know, that, uh, uh, where he was uh, concerned about his wedding ring on the golf course. You know? Well, I mean, I, I kind of look at him as like, you know, I always forget my wedding ring. It's amazing that I get a bra on before I get out of the house, like let alone have the extra thought about um, piling keep, keep up it, on jewelry. Keep it clean there, Cynthia. Keep it yeah. clean. It's a <laughs> but you know what I mean as far as there, and I see couples all the time where they they do when you're managing your schedule and yes it's very hard to have a responsibility on you to maintain the house to maintain the schedule but like where they literally keep tabs on their husband about how many hours that they he's been out and how it's his turn and he was out last night and he can't go out tonight and I'm you know what I mean there I see there being a balance sure he can't go out every every day um, for the rest of his life because, you know what, I need to go out too and he has to come home and watch the kids. So I understand that there's a balance, but I see it where a lot of couples get into where it's really like watching the clock and being a nag. Yeah, well, I think it also, too, if I may say another word about commitment, it all yeah. begins with commitment. Any kind of major self-change or major life event needs to be you need to really keep working the issue of commitment because if both people will commit in a relationship to the relationship being a place where they're going to get close to each other and it also being a place where they're going to be able to grow wholly, fully as individuals. So right. the commitment needs to be to both things because human beings come from the factory with an urge to merge and an urge right. to individuate. And right. if you can make a commitment to having the relationship be big enough for both things, then there's plenty of room for everybody to grow. Right. I mean, I see so much, so much of the unconscious part, as you were saying, stemming from our own insecurities 
and not feeling loved and not feeling secure enough in ourselves to know that if your husband walks out the door to, quote, go play golf with your dad, whether or not he's going to come home to you, you know. And with me and Craig, like, I know Craig's coming home. And I'm comfortable enough and he's comfortable enough for when I go out, he knows I'm coming home. Yes, and uh, that's one one great thing about Craig. He's a very solid guy. I really have appreciated that uh, about him uh, when I've been around him. And really, I've, I've had the great pleasure of being around him and uh, by himself and with the two of you together and with you by yourself. And I just want to appreciate you both for being such honest, real people, authentic people, and uh, such a pleasure to be around. And I think also, you know, you serve as a, as a beacon of inspiration to other couples, too. I've heard other couples speak about uh, your relationship with Craig. So I, I'm, you know, really appreciating that you're, uh, you know, going out into the world and doing these radio shows and things like that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate hearing that. And um, I like hearing more about me than Craig, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course, you're the big star in the relationship. We all know that. You know. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, I, I, feel, I feel it's important. You know, I have a really good model as, of my parents also having, um, having a healthy, long relationship. You know, obviously we all have our quirks, but um, I think it's, it's something unusual to find um, having sets of parents basically all around me which are still intact couples and have that long Longevity. And yes, there's things in everybody's relationships where I both admire and, you know, I get the feeling of no thank you, but it's really part of the um, the impetus behind me wanting to do Mama's Pearls and, and, and talk on the show um, from from that vantage point. I mean, Craig and I definitely have our have our issues, and you, when, you, when you want to talk about opposites attract, um, that's definitely Craig and I. We both have very different interests, which is one of the things that I think is, is very, very strong about our relationship. And when we first came together, um, Craig was much more... Um, looking to me is whether he wanted me to be he he wanted me um to want him to be attached to my hip all the time and i was like hell no <laughs> you know i i don't want that i have my own interests and that comes from you know me having a strong sense of individuality and just curious independence as well as seeing my parents live their lifetime being married for over 30 years and consistently pursuing their separate interests. You know, my dad's an outdoorsman and he goes on rafting adventures and my mom being not so much of a outdoors person <laughs> by any means, you know, you're talking about a city girl here. Um, outdoors and, and um, wilderness for her is like the suburbs of Long Island. And, <laughs> and she's, she's, she's much prefer my own heart. I, yeah. uh, I can't stand things like camping and things like that. Oh, I, not I, up I, her alley at all. She sees the bugs and she's out of there. But she, um, you know, she enjoys going on the spiritual retreats and, you know, she'll go off and do her own thing and my dad will go off and do his own thing and they, you know, they manage. They're, they're committed to each other. They're faithful to each other. They're loyal to each other. They're devoted to each other. And um, a lot of times I'll talk to other people and, you know, you either get two schools of thought. Oh, that's really cool that your mom just took the trip with one of her girlfriends. Uh, usually she meets Gloria like out in Sedona for a spiritual retreat. Or I'll get, oh, that's really weird that your parents don't travel together all the time. 
you know, and for me, that's really interesting. Like, why is that weird? Like, my dad has no interest about going and meditating in a vortex. <laughs> Can you picture my dad meditating in a vortex? No. <laughs> no I you can't. Um, but then their interests converge. You know, they've been doing a lot more of these big trips now. They want to get them in before they feel that they're too old to travel, and they're actually going on safari next month, which, you know, I, I just the whole – image of that just cracks me up, but they're doing a safari in Africa. And my mom's just saying, well, I'm just going to be sticking as close to your father as possible because, you know, again, my mom is not the outdoors person, and she went and already bought herself, like, a head-to-toe net (laughs) where, like, instead of, like, the mosquito nets on her head, it's going to be wrapped around my mom's body (laughs) like a cocoon. <laughs> and like it's just to me like the the funniest thing in the world. My sister's been been clipping out pictures of lions and tigers and posting it on their fridge and writing dinner. <laughs> so it should be really interesting interesting to hear. But if they didn't have the um their own independent, you know, sense of security and the mutual commitment to each other Neither of them would have been allowed to pursue their own interests and go on these exploratory trips, and they would have been really miserable with each other. So, yeah, so I thank you for, for basically reinforcing that that is, that that is okay. Um, yeah, we just had that this past weekend. Um, Katie um, went off to uh, Santa Cruz to take a seminar for three days. And, you know, I could have gone with her if I wanted to, but I really wanted to stay home and do other things. I'm in the middle of a new book right now, and I'm very excited. It's kind of hard for me to pull myself away from the keyboard for an hour to even go. Oh, come on. Let, 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 let's call it what it is. You're, you're not a fan of traveling. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not you, you, you would rather stay home and write and, and do your, your self-work. That's true. Yeah, and also you just look for those excuses. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true. Me and Lucy, I, I love to uh, hang out just here with Lucy by myself. We do things together that uh, for some reason uh, we don't ever do when Katie's around too. Like I make up uh, – games to entertain her, like our, one of our latest <laughs> ones is called Cat in the Bathtub, and what I do is I put a little, um, put a little plastic top of a, um, of a bottle in the bathtub with Lucy, and I spin the bottle cap around the edge like it does laps around the side, and then Lucy <laughs> laps around the side of the cage, I mean the tub, to, um, to taste the... Uh, thing so uh, right and and just 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 so our mama's pearls listener know lucy is not gay's separate girlfriend when when katie goes away lucy is their cat (laughs) (laughs) my my 14 year old feline girlfriend and yeah uh, your feline friend the most wonderful companion she's uh She's always entertaining and loving and uh, plus beautiful, too. I happen to think she's the most gorgeous. She's gorgeous. She's Well, okay, she can share a title with Tigress, but she is pretty gorgeous. (laughs) I was was really impressed because Lucy doesn't usually come out to hang out with people when they're here in the house, but she came over and just plunked right down on you. I was just blown away by that. Oh, yeah, we, we were bonding. She's a very cool cat. She's very cool. All right, I see that we have a caller, so I want to take this call, and then I want to talk a little bit more about working with your spouse. Okay, so let's see if this person wants to chat. Hang up. How you doing? Hello, and welcome to Mama's Pearls. How you doing, Ms. Mama Pearls? Who's this? 
My name is Omega. Omega, hello. Yes, ma'am. How you doing? <laughs> I'm very well. You are you are on with me and Dr. Gay Hendricks. What's on your Mr. mind? Okay, what's on my mind? I've been married for a year, and uh, I had past relationships that's been taunting me with my future wife. Back then, we were just dating and just having relationships, and um, now we're married. What what steps, Mr. Hendricks, that can help me to let my wife know that I'm serious, this is about marriage, she don't have to be insecure, because um, it, it's giving me a hard time when it, it's hard for me to go out, spend quality time with the guys, I don't know if she's going to believe me now, because I did this in the past, but I'm married now, so it means more to me than anything in the world to let her know, so what steps can I do to, you know, just change her mind and let her know, hey... You can even come with me or, it, and you know, I'm trying to think of every idea I can think of, but it has been a ton of problems in our relationship. So what can I do? Yeah, well, um, good question, first of all. Um, there are a couple of things you need to do in a relationship to be in integrity. And what I recommend is that you put your attention on those things, on doing those things yourself, and take your attention away from trying to convince your wife or trying to make her believe anything or trying to make her feel a certain way because truly you don't have any control over other people's feelings. And so what, what you should do is put your attention on the right now things that you can do every day. Like this day, have you taken a moment to really give her 10 seconds of real, clear, straightforward appreciation, the kind where you look her right in the eye and give her a hug and say, I really love my life with you, or I love you so much, or I appreciate what you do for us so much. I have those kind of conversations all the time with Katie, and I recommend, see, there's this great piece of research by John Gottman out at the University of Washington where he discovered that healthy relationships have a ratio of positivity to negativity of five to one. So for every negative thing you say to somebody, you've got to make sure you at least say five positive things to them. And people have different ways they like to be appreciated. You know, your wife might like to be appreciated by you doing the dishes, or she might like to be appreciated by you looking her in the eye and saying, you're the one. You know, everybody's got their own different ways, but your job is to find out how many different possible ways you can appreciate her. And that will make her change her feelings, not anything you say, okay? I, I can tell okay. you from, from my personal experience that a sign of appreciation coming from the heart from you to your wife or from my husband to me, um, in just him saying, I really appreciate that you took care of X, Y, Z, or, um, you know, you really do look beautiful today, and, and taking those stopped moments, means more to me than if he would to buy me jewelry or flowers or any material thing. Well, flowers always go a long way, but but really any material material items, you know, just just hearing it being spoken from from the heart means so much to me. Okay. I thank you so much. I needed to hear that. And congratulations on your marriage. Thank you so much. <laughs> he's he's still a newlywed. Oi, call me back in a year. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> um, and, uh, let's see. Remind me, Cynthia, how long have you and Craig been together now? Uh, we are going on our eighth year. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thanks. 
Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. This is this is the seventh year for us, and I know people say we got the, uh, you, you know, you, the, with seven comes the seven-year itch. Um, but but you know we're just scratching ourselves silly. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. Well, you you two are really fun to be around, and uh, and your kids both are. Uh, I haven't seen them in a while, but they at least look like angels. I imagine some days you don't think of them as angels, but uh, but they sure look gorgeous. They are they are pretty delicious. Well, thank you, Omega, for calling on. I really appreciate it. And yes, um, thank you. And um, and yeah, no, my kids are just angel, and there are days where we just, you know, no matter what's going on between Craig and I, we just they come bopping in the room, and it's it's just we just look at each other, and it, like nothing that we say kind of like the heightenedness of what we're into drops away because we just look at them, and they're so alive and so bright, and usually always smiling, and it's just a reminder of what's what's really important which is why I really wanted to take the time today on Mama's Pearls and really reconnect um, reconnect our minds to thinking about our relationships and our spouses and, like Omega said, showing those signs of appreciation for each other because without, without the starting point, the kids wouldn't even be here. And it's a matter of keeping keeping the relationship thriving and of importance and on your list of a priority to give it the same attention as you would your children or your day job or any of the the other chores that you, that you do in your life. So, like you said, you can't just buy a car and hope it's going to go without giving it oil and gas and things that it needs. So, that's really why I wanted to focus on on back on on the relationships this week and in in our series of marriage bound. So now you've been working with your your wife, your lovely darling wife, Miss Katie Hendricks. And you know, when I talk to my friends here, a lot of um especially the wives, they've stopped pursuing their own careers and if they're working, they're mainly like working in their husband's businesses or the husband's offices and not necessarily pursuing their own separate careers. And when I was thinking about that, I, I, I automatically was thinking of like mom and pop stores and how cute and awesome it is when, when couples do work together like that in a small shop. But I think like things get a little bit more complicated in in this day and age when the wife is just working, quote, for the husband um, in their office. And I really wanted to get your sense for maintaining those healthy boundaries and not getting caught up in a power struggle because, let's face it, if it's your husband's office, it's his office and he's, he's the boss. So how do you, you know, manage that dynamic, which is in the workplace, and then bring it home, where it might switch, and the you know the wife might really run the show at home. Yes, <clears throat> well, um, I've had a lot of experience with all of the above, and um, I uh, in my own relationship because Katie and I, when we first got together, we both had very strong, independent lives. You know, she was right. a world-class uh, dance movement therapist, and it published many professional articles in her field, and I was well-known in my field, and so it was, um, but we decided from early on that we wanted to work together, and we made commitments to what we called it, learning how to speak with one voice, and so we, we made a commitment to learning how to 
be with people out in the big world the same way we really were with people at home. We tried to kind of eliminate the distinction between the two. So that was the way we did it. Uh, one thing I learned from my grandmother, who was a great uh, inspiration in my life, was she was she would always stress the value of being honest. Uh, mm -hmm. She told me the story of the three little pigs all the time, and she wanted me to be the third pig. And uh, in fact, one, uh, one of my companies is called Third Pig Unlimited. Uh, right. That's where we put, put a lot of our things. And so, um, uh, but my grandmother, one of the things that she always said was, if you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember later what you said. And you don't have to tie up your energy of your mind. And she said that if you always are honest, the big value of it is that you basically can live in the present. You don't have to keep remembering what you told one person here and told the other person back here and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And it keeps life very simple. And and then she said something else. She said that if you don't do that, you'll trip over your own shoelaces. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such an important thing to understand that it's kind of like life will see to it that you learn the lesson even if you aren't willing to learn it consciously. <laughs> you know, so if you're willing to learn your lessons gently and consciously, maybe you don't have to trip over your shoelaces and get that harsh interaction with the uh, the earth to bring you back to ground. So I, anyway, what I'm, I'm really getting at here is that both people need to make a commitment to how you want to show up in the world and my strong suggestion that I make with the people I work with is find a way of being with each other where you're actually the same at work and at home where you're authentic and it's not necessarily like at work you need to share every little tiny feeling or anything like that but you only need to share the things that are significant enough that the other person would have an emotional reaction to it. So in a marriage, you need to make sure you communicate the things that the other person would have an emotional reaction to. You know, like in the Tiger Woods case, his wife, even though she's Nordic, <laughs> she might even have an emotional re reaction if he said, honey, I'm going out to um, go down to uh, the club with a porn star or two. You know, and, uh, <laughs> And uh, even a Norwegian might have an emotional reaction to that, you know. So uh, that, those are the things, though, that you need to, to share. Well, I, I think you're touching upon um, a really hot topic, and that is in getting to know someone, and especially the longer that you're with somebody, you start learning what their emotional buttons are. Um, and basically when you know, it's like you start controlling a switchboard about, like, when I'm going to push that button or if I haven't resolved this issue with with my husband, I'm going to, I'm going to remember that, store that into the file, and then bring it up <laughs> and push it right when he's least expecting it or right when he's getting too cocky. And that's when I'm going to go and, and push that emotional button. And for me, it's like a delicate balance and sometimes a really hard exercise of restraint <laughs> to not go there and push those buttons. Um, I don't like it when Craig pushes my buttons and he knows exactly what's going to spawn a, a hissy fit from me. And it's like a mutual, like you said, a mutual commitment to be honest with, enough with another person and have a respect enough for the other person to not push their buttons. And I think it's very easy for 
couples to slip into that pattern. I mean, there are so many couples that I know of that are like constantly bickering and they're pushing each other's buttons all day long. And for me, it's like such a, a waste of energy and it's almost like let's just prove that we love each other by driving each other crazy. <laughs> so how do we like when you're so caught up in that pattern, how do you pull yourself back and basically, you know, fall back into what um what you were saying and um in one of your blogs, The Secret of Experiencing More Genuine Love in Your Life, where you said the major barrier to a loving relationship with another person is an unloved part of yourself. Yes, and that plays a role so many times because in relationship, you know, like if you're if you don't feel like you're getting your, um, you know, you're you're being loved and appreciated in your relationship, the very first place to start is finding that place in yourself where you don't fully love and appreciate yourself. Not trying to get your other your partner to love something in yourself that you haven't loved yourself. It's kind of like a dog chasing its tail around and around and around. Best to have both people in the relationship be absolutely committed to loving each other and absolutely committing to loving and honoring themselves at the same time. Well, how do you pull yourself back out of a pattern if you're used to constantly arguing with your husband and be playing, quote, the nag or warden role, how do you pull yourself out? How do you get to the point without having a major tragedy or disaster or crash in your marriage where you where you like it you know can recognize that you have a problem it's like any other form of addiction which is one thing i i was um reading in, in one of your books conscious loving about codependency is a form of addiction and you become so codependent on like that alter ego of playing the nag how do you pull yourself out Yes, the human mind will always gravitate toward old patterns until it has a significantly better new idea to grab onto. And so, for example, you may have grown up in a family where there was a lot of criticism going on, so you just automatically default to that when you're a grown-up, and um, you know that happens all the time. But what lifts you out of that is to spot the pattern and make a conscious commitment to the positive alternative. So, for example, if you find yourself showing up as blameful and critical, um, the thing to do is to make a commitment, a heartfelt commitment, to speaking positively to your partner. You're not going to get rid overnight of the criticism, but once you get that better idea and start expressing it a little bit, your mind will automatically then gravitate over to that better idea. It'll gravitate to a better idea that's acted upon over and over again. It won't gravitate to the better idea if it just sits there. You know, like if you have the idea of appreciating Craig, but you don't ever go over to him and say, honey, I really appreciate what you do for us. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if it's just something that's kind of hidden in you, it doesn't have much effect. But the moment you go over and you say to him, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being who you are in the world and in my life. The moment you act on an appreciation like that, it begins then to teach your unconscious mind that there's an alternative to blaming and criticizing. There's this whole other thing that you can do. And so uh, most of us have had so much exposure to blame and criticism in our lives that we could sh- should go on a fast for about a year or two from blaming and just put ourselves on noticing and speaking to the positive. 
Right. And, you know, with Craig, I basically steer clear of him until after tax time. <laughs> and then um, then I'll let him know how, how much he is appreciated. But I really think it's a true skill, what you said, and what, what is also on, um, on your website, www.hendricks.com, is basically the skill of learning what to say and what not to say for a healthy marriage. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. In fact, one thing I recommend is absolute honesty, but no, um, but no destructive bluntness. In other words, if I mm-hmm. say to Katie, um, I felt hurt last night when you didn't eat the food I had cooked. <laughs> that happens around here occasionally. Yeah, I'm you, not the best cook in the sometime world. Co- yeah, I mean, Katie does the cooking. Come on. Oh, she's, <laughs> a she's a brilliant cook, but I've... I've tried to master these four different things that I can make when she's out of town, the, the most complicated of which is the grilled cheese sandwich. Um, right. <laughs> well, it does take skill to, to get a really, really good one going. But yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's an art form. My grandmother perfected it. It's not been improved upon since my grandmother's time. I'm just trying to duplicate uh-huh. what my grandmother could do. Cute. Uh, but, but anyway, when you, when you, um, if you have to say something, you can say it gently. You, know? you can say, mm-hmm. I felt hurt about that it's honest uh, but it's not destructive whereas if you say why didn't you eat the food i cooked last night you know if you can right. say the same thing in a destructive blameful way right and and you know one one quote and one thing i hear um couples saying a lot is um not to go to bed mad at each other and sometimes I really disagree with that. Like sometimes I feel like you really need to sleep it off. Like I don't like talking to Craig when he's angry or when I'm angry. Like because I find that you know it only leads to the destructive bluntness and down that rabbit hole. You know, for me, I'd rather say, okay, let's not talk about it now. You go to your corner. I'll go to mine. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> well, yes, and also in uh, in some of the twelve step programs, they talk about. HALT, H-A-L-T, which stands for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Those are the most vulnerable times when you're likely to slip into taking a drink. And the same thing applies in a a marriage or relationship. You know, be very wary about trying to solve a problem when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Uh, Because, you know, you you sit there at 11 o'clock at night and recycle the same thing until you just want to bash the other person over the head, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's a, I basically follow that also in business. Like, I will not send an email if I'm, if I'm angry or tired, you know, just like, wait a minute, take a pause, go freshen up, come back and, like, rethink it. Same thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a destructive thing oftentimes when you take on somebody when you're angry, lonely, or tired, or hungry. Um, yeah, there's some service I've I've heard of. I don't know what it is, but that will actually hold your emails for you for uh, 15 minutes <laughs> you, and uh, not send them unless you tell them to. So it's too, that, uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty uh, good. And we we all get the slip of the finger sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are coming to a close here on Mama's Pearls, and I want to personally and thank 
Dr. Gay Hendricks for joining us today. I thoroughly have enjoyed this and totally appreciate you and the work that you and your wife are doing in the world of transformative relationships. And I'm going to encourage all the listeners at Mama's Pearls to read further about this topic and about co-commitment and get to know the work that both um, Gay and Katie are doing in the world. Their books can be found pretty much everywhere, Conscious Loving, Five Wishes, Speed of Life, and Gay's newest book, The The Big Leap. They're all out and available, as well as checking into picking up on some of Gay's telecourses that he does um, via Gaia Illumination University. And also checking out his publishing entity, which he's doing, which is an earth-friendly publishing entity. So there's a lot of gay to yet be discovered. His website, again, is www.hendrix.com. And now we're going to switch gears and close out with my my favorite questions here um, in our Come Tell Mama section. So, Gay, what is your luxury indulgence? Oh, boy. Uh, it used to be beluga caviar before they took it off the market, and I feel sad about that, but I also <clears throat> understand the reasons behind it. Um, <clears throat> let me think if I have anything else. Um, I, I generally don't hold back on getting anything I want, so uh, let me think, think uh, what you might put in that category. Well, I have a nice car. That's probably – I always like to have a great car, but I don't need Caramel. to have three or four of them. Uh, Oh, yeah, you know, um, I, I love a good caramel, yep, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, what else do I love to do? Well, you know, kind of my very favorite luxury indulgence, in a way, is is just quiet time with Katie, where it's her and me and Lucy sitting on the bed, you know, just reading quietly next to each other or, you know, watching a television show or something like that, but that kind of feeling that, ah, I'm home. Mm-hmm. This is my little group here. This is my tribe. This is my family. You know, it's that kind of sweet feeling. I, I think uh, because I lead a reasonably busy life, I, I may kind of think of that maybe as my ultimate indulgence rather than any material thing. The quiet time. I know yeah. there there really is nothing better better than that, especially on like a a cloudy rainy day. It's just snuggling up in in bed with the fam. Totally agree. Okay, next question. If you had to choose one, would you pick the best sex of your life, the best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life? <laughs> sex in a heartbeat. Because <laughs> yeah. that's coming from somebody who doesn't really eat or sleep. So, yeah, that one's easy for you. <laughs> okay, your favorite movie genre Comedy, romance, horror, action, sci-fi, period. And I should probably add spiritual here, huh? Well, yes, but I'm going to kind of go outside the box on this one and tell you Mm -hmm. that I I love inspiring movies, but my secret indulgence, I would say, are small, quirky crime movies along the lines of, um, well, Pulp Fiction would be a great example of a quirky crime movie or... um, uh, Probably my all-time favorite is Robert De Niro and uh, Al Pacino's movie Heat, directed by Michael Mann. 
um, it, it's not exactly a small movie, but it's a, you know, it's a, it, it's kind of a quirky crime movie that has unusual aspects that, that are not just about the the violence or anything, but it's about the characters. Um, so uh, I'd say that's that's probably number one for me. When I when I get to see a new one of those, I'm always very excited about it. The Limey would be another great example of the kind of movie <laughs> that I'm talking about. The Limey with uh, Terrence Stamp. Uh, that's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, that that's kind of what turns me on most. Okay, food, sweet or salty? Sweet, no question about it. And what it do you feel is your most beautiful feature? Ah, hmm. Well, I'm going to go beyond the physical for this because I don't exactly, now that I think about it, hold all of my, I can't think of anyone that I hold as beautiful in my physical aspect, but I do love the way my mind is able to take complicated concepts and Mm -hmm. find a simple way to express them. Uh, You know, that's what I do all the time in my conversations and in my books, because a lot of the stuff I like to think about and teach is really complicated stuff, but I like to see if there's a way I can make that absolutely simple and practical. So I think that's uh, probably the most beautiful feature I contain. Absolutely. I, I will second that. You you are a complete whiz at that. Now, the best advice that your mama gave you. Oh, my mama. Um, um, we heard well, some good ones from your grandma, but what yeah. about your mama? Oh, man. Uh, one thing was always keep your agreements. In her case, it was always hit the deadline. She was a journalist, and if she didn't get her piece on the what was called the Jackrabbit Express, which was a, a bus that ran from where we lived all the way to the newspaper headquarters. If she didn't get her piece on the Jackrabbit Express by 11 o'clock, that thing left at 11 o'clock, and she didn't get it in the newspaper. And so many times I can just remember going to sleep with the pounding of that old Underwood typewriter of hers at 10 o'clock at night trying to hit that deadline. And to the best of my knowledge, she never missed a deadline. And so for me, I've written now 33, 34 books um, at this stage of my career, and I don't think I've ever missed a deadline either. So never certainly one that's ever caused me any problems or caused the publisher any problems or anything like that. But um, So that's a great piece of wisdom that I appreciate Norma Hendricks for. Very, very cool. And with that, I'm going to say let's get back to our day jobs. And thank you so much, Gay, for sharing this time and space with us on Mama's Pearls. Loved having you on. And, um, and again, I'll bring you back for the bullying segment. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Good. I have much experience on both ends of that, by the way. I was uh, you know, I've been in business with Stephen Simon for uh, many years. And so... Uh, uh, when, when we when we talk about bullying, we want to bring him on too because he's always got his own world class style there. <laughs> that that would certainly be fun, and if not fun, at least entertaining for me. So we will we will definitely do that. Gay, okay, thank you so much for being here. Really, I, I so appreciate it. And and give both your women your uh, your um, beautiful wife Katie and your darling feline friends a big kiss from me. And every yes, and everyone again, you can listen to the archives of Mama's Pearls at www. 
blogtalkradio.com slash mamaspearls. You can email me at Cynthia at mamaspearls.com. You can find me on Twitter at Cintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. This week's blog and our archive blogs can be found at www.mamaspearls.blogspot.com. And again, this is Cynthia of Mama's Pearls reminding you to enjoy your children, enjoy your family, say I love you, untie your binds so you can individuate and graduate into the powerful person that you are. Enjoy your week, and I will see you next week where we're going to be talking about girl power.